today, uh, my little talk is called Watching and Working While We Wait. All the W's help, uh, help you to remember it, all right? So, watching and working while we wait. Um, so, the things will come up on the screen. Thank you for, to Tim for doing my little PowerPoint for me again today. Right, you have to acknowledge these things. All right, so anyway, let's get going. So, so you might remember that when I normally when I speak, or at least over recent times anyway, I like to have my message prepared, you know, about three or four weeks before I come because there's normally a hiccup with mum and dad close to the event. Uh, so I like to make sure that it's ready. Well, <coughs> that was not the case this time. Uh, as you well know, the hiccup happened um, about four weeks, well, it's four weeks today since we found mum and dad uh, on the floor in the living room. Um, so uh, thank you, those of you who have asked uh, even this morning about how they're doing. I'll fill you in a little bit as we go along. Um, so I, I hadn't got a message and uh, I hadn't prepared one. And to be completely honest, I hadn't got a clue either what to speak about. There just nothing seemed to be, you know, settling on my heart. Perhaps that's because my heart was all in a turmoil and I couldn't really sort of uh, figure out what God wanted me to say. And so, I, you know, I was half expecting to turn up this morning and say, I'm very sorry, folks, but I ain't got nothing to share with you today. So you'll have to come out and share yourselves. Um, but I'm pleased to say that God did answer my prayers for something to bring for you this morning and I hope that that and pray that that will be a blessing for you and the message I hope will be a call from God to you and me in 2024 because I believe that God is calling each one of us to a renewed commitment it's a new year and now we're into the second month already uh, to serve in what I'm calling the family business because we are a family, and we're about the master's business, the business of the kingdom work, God's kingdom. Um, the message is based on uh, the U version verse of the day that was on the Tuesday after Jo had finished her three-part message. Um, and the verse and the story that's attached to it is all about watching and working while we wait, hence the title for the day when Jesus returns. And for me, as I read it that morning, the theme immediately felt right. So it was something that I needed to speak on today for you. Uh, Joe had been encouraging us to grow in our knowledge of God's word, to, to grow in his grace, under his grace through the, through the year, and to do it with an eternal perspective, to have our eye on eternity. She also referred to how we would live life differently if we knew Jesus was coming back next week. We, and we, we would all admit that we would live differently if we knew that was a definite thing. Um, so although it might not happen next week, the Bible is very clear that Jesus is coming back. And if, if you've picked up on one or two of those references in the songs that we've sung this morning, right, the fact that Jesus is coming back, now, some of the other references you'll see as we go along. So, what are you doing while you're waiting? It might be that perhaps we will pass from this life through death before Jesus comes, or it may be that some of us, perhaps 
will still be alive when Jesus comes. We, we do not know. But are we ready for the big day? Are we ready for the big day? The verse in the passage that we're going to sort of start our starting position, if you like, this morning is in Mark chapter 13 and it's verses 32 to 37. And in verse 32, Jesus says that the hour of his return is a secret known only to God the Father. So if anybody else tries to tell you that it's some, at some point, in, you know, next week, they're not telling you the truth because they don't know. Because only God the Father knows according to Scripture. But then it goes on to say, be on guard, be alert. You do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with their assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back whether in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. Jesus gives this stay alert warning to the disciples to remind them that waiting for his return does not, does not mean sitting around and doing nothing. All right, there, was a, there was a sector in the time of the early church that thought that they just abandon normal life and just sit on a hill and wait for Jesus to come. That isn't what Jesus intended at all. Hence the little story. Now, just in case you're thinking that uh, Jesus uh, was only talking to his disciples when this little passage was uh, written, uh, think again. Because if you go into the end of verse 37, it says, but what I say to you... That would be the, the disciples actually speaking to the disciples directly. He says, I say to everyone. So that's pretty, that's pretty decisive, isn't it? Everyone. That includes all of you and me. I say to everyone, watch. That's what we've got to do about. And in Jesus' story, which we've just read, it's still up on the screen, each servant, you notice, had an assigned task to busy themselves with while they waited and watched for the owner of the house to return. Jesus plainly expects that we too will be watching and waiting and fulfilling the tasks we have been assigned. We need to be good stewards. We've, we've talked about this lots, haven't we, where God's entrusted things to us and we need to be good stewards of that. So a good Follow-up question, if you say, I expect a good follow-up question from you lot to me, the good question would be, so, Jesus, what tasks have you got for me? What tasks have you got for me? So we're going to do some growing, Joe, in our knowledge of God's word, all right, as we look for the answer to, those, to the question, what has got God for me? God got for me, sorry. So, Task number one. So the first one, as we wait, we should pray. Now you'll notice that in the, some of the scripture references here, I've put it into bold where it actually tells us that we should be alert or watchful. So it's something that we do as we watch and are alert for Jesus coming back. So the first reference is in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, where it says this, 
and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, notice, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. And then another reference in Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, we're given the same reminder, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And in Luke 18, Jesus starts off his story by saying, then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. So that's sort of like stickability of continuing to pray. So this is something very important. And I think all of us would agree that prayer is probably the most important business of the kingdom. If we're not praying, then something's not really going well. As we wait for Jesus to return, we need to pray on all occasions. So it doesn't matter where you are, what you're doing. The need to pray is there. Pray with all kinds of prayers. Long prayers, short prayers, arrow prayers, some people call them. Be prepared to pray, especially, it says in the one passage, for the Lord's people. Well, who are the Lord's people? Well, it's a few lot, isn't it? All right, it's us as Christians. We're the Lord's people if we're followers of Jesus. We need to pray for each other. So this is our task. We need to pray for each other. We need to each other's support in prayer. Just like a human body, we're interconnected. And God designed that your prayers for me will be the way he is able to move and bring me help. And the opposite is true. When I pray, God can bring the help that you need. Right? When we pray, God acts. Now, we've seen this a lot, haven't we, recently? I was, th- I was thinking back over recent months where, uh, you know, on a Thursday night particularly, but also in your own private prayers where we've been praying for people in the church. I think back to Becky through uh, last summer. We think of Vanessa recently, just before Christmas. Um, my mum and dad. All right, so just a quick update for those of you. Um, that uh, are interested, mum and dad, hopefully going into respite care on um, Tuesday this week for a month. They're going to Grange Hill House at the top of um, Huntington, just before where the Bluebird factory used to be. So they're going in there and hopefully they will, will settle. So again, I'm asking for your prayers, uh, your support. Um, in that because at the moment um you know they're both a bit jittery about it and so of course they're jittery we're jittery <laughs> okay <laughs> um and uh, howard is with them this morning because we hadn't got carers for most of this for part of this morning so you know it's all it's this lot ongoing saga that you're all well aware of can i just say a big thank you uh, for your prayers and we still need you and you still need me to pray for you when in your difficult situations as they come up. This is, ha- this is a task that we've been assigned. So task number one, are you ready, is as we wait, we should pray. So that's very important. Okay, so then task number two. 
I wonder what task number two is. So we have it up on the screen. Task number two is, as we wait, serve one another with our spiritual gifts. In 1 Peter 4, verses 7 to 11, we read this. The end of the world is coming soon. We've been talking about that, haven't we? Therefore, notice, be alert and sober-minded, or another translation puts it, earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Again, most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. That little phrase has been borrowed by everybody, hasn't it? I wonder how many people realise it's actually from the Bible. Love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself was speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. So this passage tells us that all of you have got gifts from God. In the passage it says spiritual gifts that we should be using to serve him and to serve one another. Last week, uh, in Sue's message, she referred to the first and greatest commandment, which is to love, to love God, first and foremost. In Matthew 22, verse 37, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. So keep that at the back of your head. That's the, f- the most important thing. Now let's look at the list we've just read. Where might you fit in? Where do you think you fit in? Do you like sharing meals with others in your home? Well, do it for Jesus. Right? Um, do you, are you good at speaking? Well, do it for Jesus. And I don't just mean, you know, like me this morning, speaking from the front on a Sunday or a Tuesday. What about other kinds of speaking? Say, like, conversations. Do you all have conversations? Well, yes, of course we do. Uh, So is God able to speak through our conversations with other people? Well, of course he can. When I was thinking about this, I was obviously thinking particularly, say, of Tom in his conversations with the members down the manor house. Most very, very important conversations. Also, like at Kenny. Well, you know, while he's been working with us in the manor house, his conversations, but not just then, but the other helpers down at the manor house. Carol, when she's here with Bethel Bears, the conversations that we have with people, very, very important. Let's use them to speak up for Jesus. Uh, one phrase in that passage I like, re- really do like, and it says, Do you have the gift of helping others? You know, if, if you think, can't think of anything else. Do you have the gift of helping others? Well, can you be a helper? Well, I'm sure all of us can be a helper. I'm sure we can all find something helpful to do. Look around. What needs to be done? Chairs put away. You know, it, it, might, it might seem something very basic, but let's do it for Jesus. 
all those little jobs that perhaps we don't see, you know, like Helen comes and cleans the church. We don't, we don't see her do it. She does it for Jesus, and that's important. Notice that it also says that we should use our gifts with all the strength and energy that God himself supplies. Sometimes perhaps we feel as though we haven't got the energy and the way we ought to do it ourselves. We're tired or get, get stuck in. God will give you the, t- the energy that he alone can give to see your task through. And when we do this, remember, we're bringing glory to God. And I'm sure, and I think this is a lovely thought, that it fills God with pleasure and delight to see us doing these things for him out of love towards him. So loving God first and foremost and serving to show that love. So task number two then is to serve one another with our spiritual gifts while we watch and wait for Jesus' return. So that's two tasks that we can be about. Task number three. I wonder what this is. Task number three is, as we wait, care for the needy. So we referred to Sue's message last week where she said, first and foremost, we need to love God. What is the second part of that little verse? Right, it's to love our neighbours as ourselves. So as Christian people, we are people of faith. Again, what Sue was referring to last week, faith, love, hope, all of these important things. If we are people of faith, the Bible teaches us that our real and our real authentic faith must be accompanied with actions. Now, good just saying, yes, I, I believe in Jesus and then sit on our backside and do nothing. That doesn't, that, that, that's not real. That's not authentic faith. In James, we have this uh, passage. It says, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. In other words, you can say all you like that you've got faith in Jesus, but if you haven't got anything to show that, You're probably not telling the truth. The New Testament, we know, is full of examples of Jesus caring for the needy. We've got loads of stories, haven't we, of Jesus caring for needy people. And that that goes on then in like Acts and so on to show that the early church continued the example that Jesus had set. And they also helped needy people. They were ready and willing to follow the example of their master, Jesus. I was thinking about us as a church, as well as us as individuals. As a church, you know, we've been privileged, haven't we, over many, many years to serve uh, people in need. I tried to think back of some of the things. Forgive me if I've missed any. But I I went right back to the very beginning. So like Carol and Lorraine and Ruth, I remember, we started with the orphans in the Muller homes. That was when I was still a little girl. 
a long time ago. <laughs> uh, then uh, we've helped the children of Chernobyl. We help the widows through SGA. We do the, the shoe boxes. We cared for the needy through Sunday school, through lunch club, going back a bit, through loaves and fishes. Right. We now have the opportunity, of course, through the Manor House and through Bethel Bears. And uh, if there are things that I've missed, I apologise. But that, those are some of the ways in which God has enabled us as a church to serve the needs of the community that we either live in here or further afield with some of the missions that we've supported. So just that's as a church. What about you as a, an individual? Perhaps within the church, yes, but also just separately yourself. How are you helping the needy? Let's make it our aim to be the Christian that sees that brother or sister in need and actually does seek to do something to help them. This will show that your faith is shown in actions. And as we often say, actions speak louder than words. All right? So we can say all we like, but we need to back that up with our actions. Actions speak louder than words. So task number three we've been given as we wait for Jesus to return is to care for the needy. <coughs> And then task number four. You'd be glad there's only four. <laughs> task number four. As we wait, practice humility. Now, this is a bit of, not a word that we use every day, is it? Humility. So what is humility? Well, I sort of looked it up in the dictionary and one or two other places. And uh, perhaps the easiest way for us to directly understand it is it's the opposite of pride. The opposite of Humility is to be proud. So if, you, if you're proud, you're definitely not showing humility. And humility in the Bible, perhaps a slightly different, but roughly the same. Humility in the Bible is presented as the practice of meekness, obedience to God, respect of self and respect for others, submissiveness and modesty. People with humility put others' needs before their own, sacrificing out of, first of all, love for God, and secondly, love for others or love our neighbours. So in Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 to 14, describes the kind of attitude that we should have. It says, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves. I like putting on a set of clothes in the morning. Clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ <coughs> rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Just a little aside here. As I've been preparing the, um, the message this week, because as I said, this time it's been quite last minute. 
There have been quite a number of verses. Those of you who do the U version, you'll notice that there's quite a few verses that have come up this week that are kind of along this thing. This was one of them. And I thought, oh, thank you, Lord. <laughs> Another verse. To, you know, it just it settles you. When you're speaking, if you feel that, you know, you're getting the verses that you that's been on your mind, it's amazing how the peace like settles in your heart that you're saying the right thing. <laughs> so, and then again, there's another passage in Philippians 2 that's very similar, and it says this. This is Paul's request to the people he was writing to. He says, make me truly happy. Make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and, notice, working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. It's it's kind of common sense, really, isn't it? You know, do unto others as you'd have them do to you. He finishes that little section by adding this. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. So he's our example. If we're following the attitude of Jesus, we're not going far wrong. Not going wrong at all, in fact. So... Task number four, then, is to practice humility by demonstrating deep love for God and for others as we wait for Jesus' return. So we've got four tasks. Now, in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10, there is a, a wonderful encouragement to you all. So you might say, oh, four tasks to be getting on with. That's a lot. In Hebrews, it says this, God is not unjust. He will not forget. Um, Colin spoke about forgetting and remembering the last time he was speaking. God will not forget. What is it that God will not forget? He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. So it's not just something we've done. It's something we need to, to keep on. But the encouragement is that God notices what we're doing out of love for him. Think of it this way. God receives the love you show to others as love shown to him. Think about that. I want to say that again. God receives the love you show to others as love shown to him. Isn't that amazing? When you pray for others, that's number one, when you use your spiritual gifts to serve others, task number two. When you care for the needy in our community, task number three. When you practice humility, task number four. God notices your work. He will not forget your dedication and commitment to him. He sees you and acknowledges your work when everyone else perhaps doesn't even seem to notice. As I was saying before, you know, like some of the behind-the-scenes things that people do that we don't notice, God notices them. And perhaps we should make more of an effort to notice and be thankful, but God certainly notices and is thankful for the work that, that, that gets done. 
So uh, let me remind you, when you show love to others, God also receives love. Your love shown to others brings God pleasure and delight, and he will not forget it. Okay, so those are our four tasks. So I just uh, wanted to have a little period of reflection before I finish. So those of you who are at the first Tuesday together this year will know that Mark spoke on more in 24. More in 24. That was his little um, subject heading, if you like. So in the light of today's message, how can we pursue more in 24? So here are some pointers for you. So if you want to close your eyes while I read these through, you can, if it helps you to think and concentrate on yourself. It says, make it your aim to be watching and waiting in anticipation for Jesus to come back. I think sometimes we kind of push that away, don't we? We, we, don't, we don't develop that eternal perspective that um, Joe was referring to. We get so zoned in on what we're doing from day to day. It, Jesus coming back doesn't kind of hardly register a thought. I, I know that because that, that's how it is with me, so it's probably the same with you. So let's make it our aim to watch and wait for Jesus to come back. Next one, make it your aim to develop that eternal perspective where you invest your time, energy and resources in God's kingdom because it's not going to be wasted. If you invest there, it's never going to be wasted. Make it your aim to know the tasks that God has assigned to you as an individual. The ones I've mentioned this morning have been quite general that apply, could apply to us all. But there will be more specific things that you are gifted to bring to the table, if you like, in God's service. So what is it that God has assigned to you as an individual to do? Start with what you're good at. Joe mentioned that. Start with what you're good at. But what's God made you good at doing? If you don't know anything else about what you think God might like you to do, begin with what you are good at. Because God's given you that ability. Use it for him. And another one that we've looked at this morning is that gift of helping others. Just something simple. doesn't have to be big and dramatic in that sense. It matters to God, of course. But what I'm saying is, all of us have the ability to do something that's helpful. And then I was thinking, the last one, I was thinking more of us as a church, make it our aim as a church to be faithful, to continue to be faithful in the work that God has given us to do in this community, you know, Manor House, Bethel Bears, the things that we're currently doing and may do as God lays new uh, burdens on us, if you like, to reach those around us for his kingdom so finally then be alert be watchful be ready and well prepared to meet the owner of the house whenever he chooses to return whether that be later today Whew, that would be exciting wouldn't it later today next week next year or at some point, much further into the future, we do not know. But in the meantime, God is calling each one of us to a renewed commitment, 
more in 24. To the family business, as I said when we started out, we belong together as a family. God has called us into his business, the business of serving the Master Jesus in the work of his kingdom. So thank you for listening. I hope uh, it will be a blessing and an encouragement for you to just press on and continue to serve the Lord. Um, so there's, there's another slide, I think, Sam, isn't there? So I've put a prayer on the slide here and uh, the hearts down the side of the, are our four tasks. So love is praying for others. Love is serving others. Love is caring for those in need. And love is practicing humility. So Heavenly Father, help us to purposefully live each day for your glory as we wait in patient anticipation for Jesus to return. Help us to love others deeply and seek to be a shining beacon of light in the darkness of our broken world. In Jesus' name we ask this. Amen.